0: Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of MyoStrength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of b Fit. Let's hold center. All right, yo, Spilks, what's up?
1: What is going on? Happy... Friday which is so crazy because I always say that while I've been saying that and then when I like go back and listen to our podcast we release them on Thursday and I feel like everyone's confused I'm just like it's not maybe I should say I Thursday. did not even
0: realize that that's embarrassing oops
1: yeah sounds like maybe I should say Thursdays from now on so happy Thursday everybody that's what it's going to be even though we're going back in time I love it yes, exactly or we're going we're predicting the future I guess ooh
0: it's like we're in Australia
1: ooh So I would love to go to Australia. But anyways, my week has been uneventful. I've been kind of like sick, like battling a little bit of like a cold Mm. um, and like sore throat. So I don't know if my voice is like picking up a little bit differently, but it was pretty scratchy earlier in the week. So I've been drinking like a fuck ton of tea and I'm not really a tea person. So like I'll drink it at night and I literally chug it, which is like disgusting, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to chug this tea with some honey in it. Like, I got to slam it. So, um, but I think it's helping. I was thinking about maybe like going and getting like, I don't know, some vitamin C or something today. Maybe that'll help because I just don't like being sick for an extended long periods of time. And ever since I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I just feel like it's a little bit longer for me to recover. So I pulled myself out of the gym. I haven't lifted in about almost a week. Um, no cardio, no nothing, just really basic foods and trying to sleep a lot. How was your week been though? Yeah, I want to give you some
0: tidbits on sick remedies. What I think has been like almost bulletproof for me. Are you was... going to say elderberry? No, no, I'm, a, I'm not an elderberry person. I don't really know enough about elderberry to be that elderberry yeah. person. Plus, this is like really crappy to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm kind of crappy person. Like if I see anything being sold at the farmer's market and elderberry syrup is one of those things, I'm always like skeptical, skeptical, you know, because it seems like an MLM type of thing. Like, oh, elderberry is going to cure your everything. And I'm like, but will it like 10 people say that to me this week? And I'm like, I'm not doing it. You know what? Maybe it works. I don't know. But what I swear by is my vitamin C, high dose vitamin C, um, echinacea and zinc that has carried me through. Almost every head
1: cold and has a like, high dose vitamin C though. Cause I don't want to shit myself. Yeah. That's you have to play <laughs> around with it though. Right. <laughs> okay. Obviously if you're blasting out 10,000,
0: whatever the, the units is, if it's milligrams or I use, I don't remember if you're blasting 10, 10 G's and you're getting the shits. Yeah. Pull that shit back. But like, you know, one cap of a thousand milligrams, like four or five times a day. Like I think it works wonders. All right. I'm doing it. Starting I don't know, on. ma'am. But yeah, but no, my week's been pretty good. This is the second time my hair appointment. Well, third time, because the first time I got COVID and obviously I wanted to be respectful to the, the ladies in the salon and the, the other guests in the salon. So I was like, okay, can we reschedule? And then something happened in their system. I don't know if they like booked two back-to-back appointments or two appointments over one another, but they couldn't get me in. I was like, okay, I understand things happen. So I was like trying to be cool about it because I've been a long-term like client for, mm-hmm. for years, five years. I was like, Hey, whatever. And then I get a call today being like, Hey, uh, the hair salon that I, uh, the girl that I always go to the owner, she's out sick today. And I'm like, well, someone please, for the love of Christ, help fix these roots and move up my extensions. But I want specifically the girl that I always go to. So again, it's a big hair investment. She knows my hair. And I know it seems like super artificial, but like one, I want to make sure that my hair gets done right. And two, like, I like to give her tips because like, she does a good job. It's so why I like to make sure I tip her on top of the service charge. And like, I'm really big on tipping. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, look, I'm not naturally a brunette. Like I know I'm the brunette bodybuilder. That's a lie. I'm sorry.
1: But like someone fix my
0: fucking roots, please.
1: So I feel that on having that like relationship with someone that you like and using the same person. I'm going to tell you how fucking crazy I am. People are going to think I'm fucking nuts so I lived in Florida for three and a half years almost four years and I would fly back to Ohio to see my dentist every six months because that's how much I like my fucking dentist. I didn't like anyone else. I was fully committed. So like, I would literally schedule an appointment and I'd be like, Ooh, got to fly to Ohio for my appointment. Like first it sounds like literally like bougie, but obviously I would come and see like my family. I wouldn't just like drop in and get this appointment and leave. But yeah, like I understand like that commitment of like, they do a good job. You don't want anyone else. So I'm just like, yeah, like I totally get it, but it sucks when you have to like wait, especially like you're probably like a month overdue now. Yeah. Yeah, I really am. So I'm just
0: like, someone please make me feel pretty. So I put some oil in my hair. I'm going to give it a nice scrub dub, dub. And I even asked, I was like, is there any way to get like a discount on my services, a free product? I mean, shit. I'd even settle for a 10 minute scalp massage. Like someone just get in there with their freaking nails and like, just scrub away my sins. Like, I just want someone just to give me that luxury and make me feel valued.
1: You know, mm-hmm. what'd they say? They're going to give you some free shit.
0: Uh, the girl I was talking to, she is like, I can't give that call. So she's going to ask her manager. And I'm like, that's fine. I was like, I don't need 50% off. I even told her, I was like, I don't need something outrageous, like 50% off, but like something to just make me feel valued. Like I literally said that because it's just like for five years, I've been going to this place. I've supported her since she ever opened her salon. And it's just like, just give me like a 10 minute scalp massage so I can like moan like a hippo and just get on with my life because that shit feels so good.
1: Agreed.
2: Darren, I don't know
0: if you can relate at all to this.
2: <laughs> no, not, not exactly. No,
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. We Obviously we do have a special guest today. We have Mr. Darren Fox, um, from Synergistic Labs on with us. And so we're going to get talking to him about like, kind of like his origin story, just like Batman, um, talking about a, a little bit about his clinic. Like what is HRT? What are some other things that he offers, you know, who would benefit from these services? Like, why would you as an athlete like want to consider HRTs? Is it something you need? Is it something you have to have? So, we're going to dive into all of these topics. But first off, Darren, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, like, we've been talking for quite some time. And I know, like, we even talked, I don't know how many months ago this is, about like getting me up with an affiliate. And I was like, I'll be honest, I really don't have that many athletes right now. And I really want more. Education when it comes to labs, before I want to start, like, you know, ordering them even more and like becoming kind of like a more of an affiliate. So we actually like waited until like I also established a working relationship with you because I feel like some people just like want so badly to have all of these discount codes and to like earn this revenue that I'm like, listen, I want to make sure I'm having like a good relationship with this person because what if your morals and values don't align? And I think that's really important when you choose to work with a company or work alongside of them.
2: Yeah, we definitely have people that reach out wanting to be affiliates. It's like they don't necessarily have enough people coming in yet, and I understand that. But the main thing we're looking for is you know people that are putting out good information. You know, people that are actually trying to educate people. People that aren't just you know posting trendy videos and whatnot. You know, if you're if you're just posting like gym videos and whatnot, it's like okay, yeah, it could be educational. But are you talking about the actual health side of things at all or not? And those are t- those are the kind of people we try to partner with, just because so we know they're going to be good for our brand.
0: No, I think that's really important. I think that's great. Um, so really what kind of brought about like why like why wanting to own like an HRT clinic or I, I don't know, like really what you want to call it, because obviously you offer more than just HRT.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Um, so I graduated college later. I graduated college in 2020, so I haven't been out of school that long. Um, I got my degrees in supply chain HR and marketing. And I started off working in supply chain and just absolutely hated going into the office every day to be completely honest with you. Um, And I I had this idea while I was in college, I think it was like my junior year and I had a decent idea of how to implement it. So I got tired of my job. I left that job and just went full in on this. And I figured, okay, you know, I'm young, I'm going to take a risk now. And if it pays off, awesome. If it doesn't, I can go get another job. Um, but now it, it's turned out to pay off pretty well. And um, I mean, the main thing was I I bodybuild on my own. I haven't competed or anything like that yet. So I was already very interested in that realm. And I knew there was a need there for people trying to get affordable lab work and you know make it quick and whatnot. So that was originally what kind of drew me to this whole space and how I got involved in it.
0: That's awesome. I do have to ask though, what is the barrier to entry to opening one of these clinics? And the reason why I ask is I swear to God, We have things popping up in my local area of of Goose Creek where it's either an HRT clinic or it's a car wash and they're popping up like (laughs) daisies in a field. I'm serious. And so it seems like there's almost no regulation because every like block or so I see a sign not feeling yourself, low hormones, no sex drive come in for HRT, right? It seems like really, really sketchy where it's like everyone and their brother like knows a clinic or owns a clinic nowadays.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're not extremely hard to own. Um, the the issues you have to run to is obviously you have to have licensing. So uh you'll need a state license and then you'll need a DEA license on top of that. Um, because each state you have to have a controlled substance license and controlled substance license because testosterone and all androgens are pretty much controlled substances. Um, so getting that getting that is definitely a cost barrier And if you want to get in multiple states, it adds up very quickly. And you have to renew those licenses. So that's definitely the initial barrier to entry and then obviously being able to afford to staff people. Um, so you gotta, you can definitely go through some awkward phases of, you know, transitioning people from, you know, contracts, like contracted employees basically to, you know, full-time salaried employees. So that's like the, the big barrier that a lot of the clinics face primarily and, um, offering lab work was like kind of helping me bridge that gap a little bit. So that was like kind of how I got into that. And then I wanted to transition into doing hormone replacement therapy as well.
0: Right on, right on. So kind of going into that, like obviously we abbreviate HRT, but that does stand for hormone replacement therapy. So really what is that and who would most likely benefit from it?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's people that need you know optimize the hormones. People are in like a low testosterone or low progesterone state. Um, the majority of our clients, I shouldn't say clients, I should say patients are you know, around 30 years old to like 50 years old. Um, you know, it's typically guys that are been working for a long time. They're stressed out. Um, stress is like, honestly, the biggest one we see, we see a lot of people come to us just with like cortisol issues. Um, so we, we give them the opportunity of either getting that fixed or just going straight to testosterone replacement therapy. I mean, a lot of cases, you know, if we have somebody coming to us with, you know, a 200, 300, you know, test level, it makes sense just to get them on TRT at that point. Cause a lot of times it's, that's going to help with their cortisol management as well. Just being, having a higher capability of handling stress.
0: That makes sense. So obviously you're touching more on the male side, but what about females as well? Like, do you do anything when it comes to HRT for females? And what about maybe like menopausal females?
2: Yeah, we definitely do things for females as well. Um, It's interesting because you see a lot of clinics that are just prescribing too much to women, for sure. You'll see clinics that are doing like, you know, 10, 20 milligrams a week. I'm like, okay, that's that's a little high. I mean, if you talk about true HRT, it should be around five milligrams a week for women, you know, split the two injections, um, progesterone therapy as well. I and, mean, um, making sure, you know, if they actually need that, that's, it can definitely help, you know, people that are high stress, sometimes that can help them because they'll have that whole progesterone seal going on. Um, yeah, post-menopause, obviously it's really beneficial there, you know, getting progesterone therapy in place.
0: Yeah makes sense makes sense i had a an athlete come to me where she was postmenopausal um well she thought she was postmenopausal but her hrt was actually so high when i looked at her labs i almost would have thought it was like a semi hypogonadal male because her total test was 400 and she was on an injectable and also like a troche or a troche however you want to say yeah. it one of those like lozenges for test and DHEA. and as you might imagine like did not feel good at all. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where I, I started to kind of wonder about like the benefits of HRT, especially if they're not being prescribed properly for females or males.
2: Yeah, you definitely, you see a lot of clinics and part of this is a pharmacy's fault, just not keeping up. Um, there aren't a lot of pharmacies that are prescribing the correct concentration to women. You'll see them still prescribing you know, either a hundred milligram or a 200 milligram per, mil, per ml vial and trying to accurately dose out two and a half milligrams each injection with that concentration is dextrin impossible. so really you need like a 20 milligram per milliliter vial or a 50 milligram per mill per milliliter vial and that definitely makes things a lot easier you know giving them dialed in on a dose because we're doing 100 milligrams you're talking about you know 0.01 ticks on a syringe it's like <laughs> trying to dose that correctly is very difficult
0: yeah absolutely absolutely I was actually talking to one of my my friends who is, he's not really like a competitive bodybuilder anymore, but still lives the life as most of us probably will when we are no longer actively competing. But he goes through a, a local HRT clinic and this past few months, he has noticed that his normal like dosage that would keep him in the test level between like 800 and a thousand. Well, he got his labs back and it was 300 400, and he was feeling those effects. And with all of these HRT clinics popping up like daisies, do you think there could eventually become like a supply chain issue or a, an issue with dilution when it comes to the efficacy and potency
2: of these drugs? I don't know if we'll necessarily run into a dilution issue, um, just because all these are, you know, they're FDA regulated pharmacies. They're, they're audited pretty regularly to make sure they're doing things correctly. Um, shortages are definitely an issue. Um, we've run into that with a couple of pharmacies trying to make sure we can get things. Um, testosterone has been low at female concentrations just because there's not a lot of clinics doing it. Um, so you'll see a lot of clinics, they'll work with, you know, five different pharmacies just to prevent lapses in care. That's like the biggest thing. And we ran into that earlier really this week. Someone was having trouble getting the medication and the pharmacy delayed shipment by like 10 days or whatever. And I was like, that's going to be an issue for if someone's like about to run out of a dose. So you have to have more than one pharmacy you're working with.
0: So I know Ash works in like the nursing medical field. I'm sure that's really like scary.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Like we see. I mean, obviously, I work for like a hospital, but like we see drug shortages all the time. Obviously, they're different. Mostly with antibiotics, like that's like one of our mm-hmm. biggest ones, or um, steroids right now. But yeah, like it becomes like you said, like like an issue because you know the the patients aren't getting what they need, like they're not healing, so to speak. They're not feeling better, and it's also a stressor too. Like when you're in the middle of like healing therapy and you're you're trying to become well, and it's like oh my god, like what are, what am I gonna do next? So I think it's really valuable that you and your company works with all these different pharmacies to be like, hey, like we're still gonna be able to find a, a an answer to be able to provide these these medications and you know um, hormonal replacement. Drugs to you.
2: Yeah, I I I'm hoping we can eventually concede testosterone become descheduled. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but it's it creates a lot of barriers to care with it being a scheduled compound because you have the, the clinician has to sign into each portal, sign off on the script, it has to be reviewed by the pharmacy. They have to sign off of off it with it being a controlled substance, and then it goes through another review process. And just with how compound pharmacies work too, they when they get your order, they 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 receive your order, they go and make your medication rather than just like pulling it off a shelf like a CVS. So that process takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see like some of these clinics, they'll take like you know two weeks, two weeks for someone to receive their medication. And it's just there there needs to be better process put in place, especially since the majority of clinics are going through compounding pharmacies. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. That's so shifting kind of the the focus back to bodybuilding. Do you guys have, I don't want to, I don't know how to phrase this eloquently, but like a morals and ethics of who you will prescribe HRT to and who you will not. For example, obviously an 18 year old who might not need testosterone replacement, but has decided that they want to be a bodybuilder, an enhanced bodybuilder, like are you willing to work with those individuals or do you guys kind of have like a pipeline regulation of like who you will like prescribe HRT to and who is like, listen, let's do some education. Here's why.
2: Yeah, I we don't really, we wouldn't prescribe to an 18-year-old for a TRT. It'd be it'd be have to be a very rare situation for us to go that route. And odds are if someone actually came to us with low T, we would probably try to you know, reboot their HPTA that's probably the better route to go about that, especially when they're that young, they don't know the choices they're making and it's a long-term decision for sure. Uh, we definitely do have some people that come to us that are you know, interested in the more enhanced side of things. Um, However, you know, typically when those people are involved in that space long enough, they end up moving away from clinics anyway. They end up kind of going towards the underground route just because they can get things cheaper and I get that. Um, it's not, I, I wouldn't promote it, it's like a safer route, but it's, it's just the reality of how the space is.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, thinking about you know the the things that you offer. So, obviously, again, we've been talking about HRT, but what are some other things that your your clinic offers, like different peptides, different different drugs that people have access
2: to through your clinic? Yeah. See that we got a pretty big product list. I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but just the ones that come to mind, like injectable L carnitine, we'll prescribe that. Um, Any of your basic peptides, people want like your CJC, hypomorrelin. Um, all, you know, Sermoron, all those growth hormone peptides, um, trying to think of what else, uh, we, we can get wind we can get growth hormone. It's just expensive. So I know that a lot of people don't try to go that route typically. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much whatever, you know, your BPC, uh, TB 500, any of those really.
0: No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't know that clinics could do stuff like that. Like, obviously it makes sense because you can get some of these things from like either, underground websites or just like peptide only yeah. websites or whatever, like Amino Asylum. But I think it's cool that you can actually get like definitely ph- pharmaceutical grade, but also like a, yeah. a legal prescription for items like that.
2: Yeah. Um, there's, I know you can still get Anabar. Um, there's been talks about it, you know, being pulled from being a prescribed compound. Just like very, very recently have been talking about it in the past couple of weeks. I'm not sure what's actually has happened with that yet. I haven't really been following it too closely, um, but yeah, it's another one we can get, but I mean, the main ones that competitors want, we can't get like, obviously you usually see people, usually see people use like testosterone, and either Primo or Mast on top of that. And we can't get those just because those aren't prescribed in the U.S. So
0: That's probably, I don't want to say yeah. that's probably a good thing. Cause obviously some FDA regulation probably would be beneficial. So that way underground labs aren't as successful and as shady, but at the same time, like, People are going to do what they want to do anyway. So,
2: yeah, they're they're going to do what they want to do anyway. I mean, there's been talks about making uh, primable being able to be prescribed in the U.S. I don't think anything's really happened with that yet. Um, but I mean, you can make the same argument. There's compounds that are obviously worse for your health. I would say Winstral is going to be worse than like a Primo, but you can still get that through a pharmacy and it's an oral. So,
1: yeah, that makes a difference when it's an oral, so to speak.
2: Yeah,
1: um, in in their eyes, so. We talked about like the peptides, the male and female, um, HRT, what else does your company offer like testing wise?
2: Um, pretty much any sort of lab test someone would want to get. I mean, all of our blood testings through LabCorp, um, we offer Dutch testing as well, GI mapping. Um, so any of those options we're able to get, um, we're able to get some of the other tests that we don't really advertise on our website, but if someone emails them, emails us wanting to get it, like, um, I mean, there's alternatives to GI maps that people will use as well. Um, there's different urine tests we can do as well, I and mean, pretty much whatever anyone wants to test, we can test for.
1: Wow, that's really awesome!
2: Dang, that is really. Yeah, cool. yeah um, there's like yeah, there's like definitely some interesting tests we can get and have access to, and just us working with LabCorp just really helps us just have access to where we want because if. if we need a test. We don't know if we're able to get, we can usually just contact our rep and figure out what we need and what can try to be able to help a client out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really cool that you guys offer like GI maps and um, Dutch tests, especially, but with your GI maps, who do you guys go through? Do you go through um, Genova or diagnostic solutions?
2: Diagnostic solutions is the main one we go through, but however we can get the Genova tests as well. Yeah.
0: The reason why I ask is like, I'm not, no shade on Genova Cause obviously like, if that's the only thing you can get fine, but like analyzing Genova over diagnostic, it's like, they try to make, in my opinion, they make it so complex where it's just like, just show yeah. me the bacteria because like it's like color coordinated and stuff like that. And for me, it's so confusing and distracting.
2: Yeah. It, it shows you a lot of information for sure. But I, yeah, I think the GI maps is easier, easier route to be able to see what's going on. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So kind of driving back to like other products that you offer, like obviously a big one right now is semaglutide. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes, a very, very common thing that people are wanting to use as a weight loss drug. So are you comfortable talking about like what semaglutide is and really who would benefit from it mostly?
2: Yeah. I'm comfortable talking about it. I mean, it's a GLP one, um, the patients we primarily will pre- prescribe it to. We have a lot of people that come to us asking for it. Um, People we try to prescribe to are the, you know those really obese patients, because it does slow gastric emptying. You know, you don't want to have that if you're someone who's already like relatively lean. We don't want to be slowing that down and causing issues. Um, it's it's one of those ones we'll kind of lean into if we come with someone, if we have a patient come to us, and let's say they have low testosterone, but they're you know they're 300 pounds and they're under six feet, like they're five foot seven okay, we don't really want to run into estrogen issues by prescribing them TRT. And we'd rather not give them an aromatase inhibitor as well, just because it's going to crush their health even more. Um, what we'll, what we will do in that case is we would offer semi-glutide. Um, since a lot of that, like, it depends, like if it's something that's lifestyle, that's impacting their testosterone levels. If you can get their weight down, it'll typically resolve itself. Um, but you, it's just, you'll have to look at the blood work and see what the true cause of that low T is in that instance. And semaglutide can make sense in that scenario, but I don't think it makes sense really in like, you know, your everyday person scenario. It seems to be over-prescribed right now for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a friend who works, um, she's not like a, a P she's a PhD doctor, but she's a nurse anesthesiologist. And she says that they're running into a lot of issues with people using semaglutide, and. Food still being in their stomach and their GI tract when they're going under anesthesia, and that's causing like a lot of issues and complications in surgery, as you might imagine.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Especially if someone who's like already you know, in, you know relatively good shape. Yeah, maybe they have thirty pounds to lose, but th- that that instance you can do that through proper dieting. That's just a discipline issue, from being honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> I think yeah. it's really nice that you guys are willing to like have that educational piece when it comes to like okay, we could prescribe you these drugs, but at the same time, like they're not really going to do the heavy lifting for you. Like there needs to be some like lifestyle intervention as well.
2: Yeah. The lifestyle aspect is definitely a, a key part. Um, our patient care coordinator, uh, Kenley, he's a competitor as well. He was a uh, coach underneath Matt Crusano, Um, And he's very big on like addressing whether or not it's a lifestyle factor first, or if it's actually a hormone issue and trying to get to the root cause of things. I mean, there's, there's a lot of clinics that will just, they'll prescribe just to prescribe. And that isn't the answer. You know, our, our statements, you know, it's your health optimized. We want to actually do things the right way. And we're not here to try to just overcharge people. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a big, in my opinion, it's a big conflict of interest. Cause obviously it's like you secret, like sometimes companies can secretly want people to be unhealthy. So they have to become more dependent. Right. And we're mm-hmm. more reliant on either like replacement therapy or like semaglutide, for example. And like They just want to like have more products so that way they can make more money and they're not willing to have like the conversations where like, listen, like, yes, you might potentially benefit from this, but you also need to think long-term, like what happens when you come off the drugs or like, you know, do you really need the drug or do you need more of a lifestyle intervention?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because we'll have some people that will start TRT with us and they'll, they'll feel great on it and they'll start coming to us, you know, wanting XYZ compound, wanting additional things on top. It's like, okay, we have to draw a line at a certain point you know, where this is actually replacement therapy versus you just being enhanced.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So do I do have a question though. So when it comes to prescribing HRT, let's go the male route first. What if they want to get off TRT? So what if they're like they've been on TRT for let's say a decade, like is this something where they could potentially get off and you would try to restart it? Or would you recommend them just being like, Hey, listen, you've been on this for 10 years. Like, why are you wanting to get off and it, and are you able to have those conversations with those men?
2: Yeah, we can definitely have those conversations and it's really just identifying, you know, why they want to get off. Are they trying to have kids? Sure. Like in that instance, I think it makes sense. Um, if not, I don't really see the whole benefit unless it's like an affordability standpoint. Um, but yeah, they, they can definitely come off. I, I think you'll typically see their baseline return to you'll it'll return to where they were like pre TRT, maybe a slightly above. Um, but you're not gonna you're not gonna return somebody to you know thousand plus levels, you know, you're not you're not really gonna see that. So right. But yeah, it's usually just like a combination of like an HCG and Clovid and taking them off their testosterone. It's a pretty basic protocol, but it can it can take a little while especially if you are trying to establish fertility too that can take a decent amount of time because you have to do semen analysis and all that. And it can take anywhere, I'd say probably from six months to a year, if you're trying to like reestablish fertility for sure. I mean, you may be able to get your testosterone levels back, but reestablishing fertility can definitely take a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. What if they're just like tired of pinning their ass? You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, they don't really care about having children. They're just like tired of injecting.
2: Yeah. I mean, we can certainly help and like get them back to where they were prior. I mean, they're gonna. They're not going to be at that, you know, 800 plus level like you are on TRT, but you can definitely go that route if you're just trying to get their hormones reestablished. That's I think cool. it's a common misconception that, you know, once you're on TRT, it's like, it's lifelong. It, it is to an extent, um, just cause you won't be able to get back to like a very like, you know, top end reference range level. Typically if you come off. Um, but you can definitely still rebuke, like reboot your testosterone levels. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Ashley, you have a question? I don't, I don't. I was just thinking, cause I was like, I hear that all the time where people are like, yeah, like once you start, like you can't stop. Like you have to literally be on it for the rest of your life. So it's good to like put that information out there and let people know that like, hey, this is not like the end all be all. Like there is other yeah. options. There are resources out there. Like, is it always going to be like, on like you said, that that top level range? No, but you'll, you'll be able to be within a normal range at some point without you know, sticking your ass every fucking day for the rest of your life.
2: Yeah, I, I think I said lifelong decision earlier and like it isn't, isn't like you can definitely come off, um, but getting reestablished can be a pain in the ass and you can definitely have a lot of mood swings with just where your what your hormones are going to be doing during that time. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be bottomed out testosterone, probably bottomed out estrogen for a little bit mm-hmm. and then trying to bring everything back can be pretty tough mentally, especially if, it's, especially if it takes six months to a year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. What about on the female side? Like what if they've been on TRT or even just HRT, let's say they've been using like testosterone and progesterone to help obviously with their test levels, but then also like to maybe regulate their cycle, but they no longer want to be on it. What is kind of like a process that you would, you and your clinic would do to kind of like walk them through trying to reestablish like healthy ovarian functioning?
2: Yeah. I mean, it'd be a pretty similar process to what men go through. Um, We tend to see women actually recover a bit easier in terms of having a testosterone, and progesterone production coming back. Um, I mean, progesterone, if they wanted, they could really stay on like it's just progesterone capsules. I mean, that's, for, that's pretty much like a vitamin almost of how it's treated, you know? Um, but yeah, reestablishing testosterone levels isn't that hard for women just because they feel awful at a lower level than men do, obviously. You know, you try to shoot for, you know, that 45 to like 70 – nanogram per deciliter level with women. And that's not horribly hard to get back into that you know, normal reference range for women.
0: No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, something that you said a couple of times I think is important to talk about is actually fertility when it comes to both male and female reproduction. Because I know obviously some bodybuilders like, they want to be bodybuilders, but they also want to be parents. And so mm-hmm. what does your clinic or really, what would you do if a, a male and a female was struggling with fertility issues? Like, do you work with these patients?
2: We haven't had a whole lot of patients come through our door. We've had a couple that we're working with right now. Uh, what we would do first is obviously we would order a semen analysis and we we're able to do that through fellow. They do uh sperm testing and whatnot. So we can see you know, what their total sperm count is and that sort of deal. And then we can actually move forward with a protocol because, you know, in some instances they may not need to come off. It's, it's rare, but in some instances they don't need to come off testosterone. They're just on testosterone. Sometimes they still have a viable sperm count if they're trying to get, you know, their wife pregnant or whatever. Um, But in that instance, you know, we, we look at their sperm count, see what, how they are. And then we, you know, decide what protocol we're going to go from there is essentially what we would do.
0: Right on, right on. Uh, something that just popped into my head that we definitely need to talk about. What, in your opinion, is a true TRT dosage for both male and female?
2: I, I feel like I'm going to give such a typical answer, but uh, it's user dependent. Um, so, just for myself, I I'm, I'm very much an outlier in this scenario. Um, I when I was when I first started TRT, it was through a clinic. I was prescribed at 160 milligrams. And just as I got bigger, I think something with like how my body metabolizes testosterone, I actually need a 200 plus dose to be, to actually have normal, like normal testosterone. So I I checked my levels this past year. Uh, It was during the fall and I was taking 200 milligrams a week. It was from a pharmacy and my testosterone was only at like 470 at its trough, which is like very odd. So I, I had bumped up to 250 at that point and then rechecked my blood work and, Everything was in range. I wasn't having any sort of estrogen issues at all. Like, that's actually like a, a TRT area for me. And that's definitely not the norm. So, that's why I say user dependent. I'd say with most people, it's probably best to start around 160, 150 milligrams a week, see how they respond. Um, you know, obviously, check blood work, you know, every couple, like probably every, we usually when we start, we have someone start, we'll check them in 12 weeks. And then, assuming their dose is dialed in, we'll check again in six months and see if that dose is still good for them. And we just basically do half year checkups with people at that point, as long as their dose is dialed in. If if their dose isn't dialed in or they're adding on other medications, we'll typically have follow appointments with patients every 12 weeks.
0: Yeah. What um, types of esterlinks are you typically prescribing? Are you doing longer like acting like sipionates where they only have to inject twice a week? Or do you prefer like short acting acetate where they are getting kind of like almost like a micro dose every single day?
2: Yeah. Sipping is definitely what we prefer. Um, usually twice a week injections. We do have some patients that, you know, if they came from somebody else and their blood work was already good, they just want to switch clinics. Um, and they are, we had some patients who are on, you know, an every other day protocol. We're mm-hmm. fine doing that as long as they feel good in that spot. Um, but, you know, it just goes back to, it's, it's very individual dependent. <laughs> some people aromatize at quicker rates. I mean, Myself, I go through testosterone pretty quickly. I'm not sure why that is, but it's definitely different. So it's just, it's very, yeah, it's very user dependent.
0: That's really cool. Um, of the people that you typically prescribe like TRT on, like how necessary, or maybe how common is it to also prescribe an aromatase inhibitor with that?
2: Uh, it's pretty rare. Uh, for me, obviously, I mean, the patients that are a little bit heavier sometimes will be a little bit concerned just because, you know, if you're holding more fat, you're going to aromatize estrogen a little bit more. Um, but it's, it's very rare. I think true TRT, you shouldn't need an aromatase inhibitor. If your dose is dialed in correctly, you're not going to be having excess estrogen. If you're having excess estrogen, you're more than likely taking too much testosterone or you're overweight and you're having issues. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I think that's a good answer. Cause I know I had an athlete come to me and a true TRT dosage. I think it was like 200 milligrams maybe. um, Mm -hmm. And he was also taking an AI and he had like no libido whatsoever. And I was like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't really think you need this. Yes. He was an overweight, overweight individual. I was like, but especially as we start to diet down, which was the whole reason why we started working together. I was like, you're really going to start feeling even worse because obviously as you like lose body fat, you're not going to have as much estrogen circulating. And on top of that, you're already using that inhibitor. And thankfully he mm-hmm. did go off and wouldn't you know it? He felt a lot felt better. better. Yeah. yeah. Felt when I when better. I
2: initially got prescribed, I was prescribed 160 milligrams. And then uh, what was it? It was a quarter milligram of an actual twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't take it at all. I think I I kept it on hand in case I had issues, but I was like, I shouldn't need this you mm-hmm. know if you're if you're taking TRT you shouldn't need an aromatase inhibitor.
0: No, I think that's important to to talk about because I know men and I mean estrogen just gets a bad rap anyway when in reality like we both need it in as males and females just obviously in different quantities and different dosages but I know like it's a very sensitive topic because estrogen and like fat cells just kind of like marry together. And I do think there's a lot of like either misunderstanding or misconceptions about like what estrogen does for the body and why you don't want to just smash it to nil.
2: Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you there. And I think a lot of people that they start having, you know, some of the very basic estrogen symptoms, like let's say their hands are getting a little puffy, they're starting to have a little additional water retention. Some of like the very first side effects you'd have prior to, you know, like gynecomastia or anything like that people will just jump the gun and immediately, you know, start using aromatase inhibitor. It's like, okay, well, why are we doing that? We're barely slightly, if we're slightly tearing to an area where we're having estrogen issues, why aren't we just lowering our dose? You know, Mm -hmm. instead of just trying to crush estrogen, especially with how long something like that will occupy the estrogen receptor, it just doesn't make sense. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, not only if you do that, but not only are you saving money, because you're not using another compound and you're also like getting more bang for your buck in terms of like your TRT dosage. So it's like a win, 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 where it's like you're not having to use a drug to cover up another drug and you're saving money and you're also feeling better.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think it's just, it's very cookie cutter protocol of clinics Mm To I don't want to bash any like specific clinics or anything like that, but there's a lot of clinics. that just, you know, testosterone cypionate, you know, here's your quarter to half milligram in astrazole, take it twice a week or whatever. And yeah. It's like okay, this isn't going to fix the issue, and it's and it's kind of goes back to you know, the, all the clinics, like not just clinics, but just big pharma has that saying, you know, um, it's like something like a healthy patient is like a a patient cap or something along those lines. And it's, it's just they want to be able to continuously medicate, and it's, yeah, it's just an issue. So I think it's, they need to be seeing clinics do things the right way, and I don't think in an like something like an Astral is really necessary. It's very situational. So,
0: right on. I don't think I have any more questions. I think i I think I had my my share. asked. do you have any follow ups?
1: I don't think so. Like I just really enjoyed like listening and learning because this was like more <laughs> of like a, a newer topic for me. I'm not well rehearsed in HRT, so it was good to to very like listen to both of you guys and ask good questions and have good answers. Um, I'm not surprised that you know other clinics are like here. Here's you know both of these. Take them, and the, obviously as a patient, you're going to listen because you went with this clinic. They're like giving you these. Um, replacement therapy compounds. And you're like, Oh, of course I'm going to take both of them. So like, just like me and my, my nursing brain is kind of the same thing as like, yeah, like you tell your, your patient, your client to do these things. And then, like you said, like a lot of them have come to you or transitions to your clinic and you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's not going to fix it. Like, I'm sure you still don't feel any better. Um, So yeah. it, it kind of stinks that we're still in that situation, but it's good that there's people out there like you that are trying to, you know, change this industry, be better for, for the patients and for the People out there who want to heal and feel better on their own.
2: Yeah, I think that just taking time with patients too. You mm-hmm. see a lot of clinics, and not just clinics, but and it's just any any sort of clinic and any sort of pharmaceutical industry. They just try to pump through patients and get through as many consultations as they can a day. You'll know, be, you know, just maybe spend ten minutes with the doctor if you're lucky, and mm-hmm. you're not really getting to actually learn, hear the patient, what's actually going on, getting to like the true issue. A lot of times, it's like, oh, they're just looking at blood work. Not even they're going off, you know, the clinical guidelines and not necessarily what's optimal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, it's, and the other thing is, you know, it's clinics that are having operate from an insurance standpoint, which I'm sure you've seen. Which is, it's hard to do things correctly sometimes because you're so regulated. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me
1: tell you, like it's so funny that I'm a nurse and I work at a hospital, and I rarely do anything through my doctors and through the healthcare. Um, i I have probably used your company more times than I can count for lab work um yeah because of the same reasons or a lot of the times you can't get anything ordered because you're not being heard so it's good that again you have this this company that that offers this to people that are looking for more help and it's just not provided at times
2: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and I think one thing I, I I don't really mention this enough and just really promote it but we were able to take HSA as well so people that have HSA cards were able to do that. Oh, so that's, that's with all that's with our, that's with our labs um, and with, you know, any of uh, the HRT treatment people need. And I know a lot of people have HSA, so we're able to, we're able to take that as well.
1: That's really awesome. Cause I know a lot of people that'll be like, I didn't even use any of my stuff. And some companies like won't let you roll it over. You have to use it by the end of the year. And I'm like, that's really awesome that you guys. Yeah. It. So if you
2: have HSA, yeah, you're more than people of using it. Mm-hmm. That's
1: That's really awesome.
0: Yep. That's what I'll be doing is using it. <laughs> but I really like also yeah. you guys have like the preventive route for people that like, don't even need HRT or don't even need like your products other than like just ordering labs because, you know, places like I used to really go through life extension, but their prices like went up by like almost 1.5 times the amount. And then like, you know, I once went through my doctor and just to get bare bones, like CBC, CMP, you know, TSH, like bare bones, it cost me out of pocket a thousand dollars. And like, that's stupid. That's unheard of. Right. So I like that. Yeah, that's crazy. stupid. So stupid. Right. Yeah. But I like how like, obviously you guys are offering like labs for a very reasonable price. So even if someone who like doesn't need HRT, they can at least like be their own advocate for their own health and, you know, order this through your, your labs and then go th- through a lab core, because I mean, lab core is like a dime a dozen. I swear there's probably like mm-hmm. 20 by my house. That's mm-hmm. amazing.
2: Yeah. And even if you don't have a lab core, a lot of lab cores are partnered with like local hospitals and whatnot. So do you do you order a lab And let's say you don't have a lab core near you and we've had this happen, you can typically call like your local hospital and say like, hey, I bought this lab core requisition online. Are you guys able to do this blood draw? Like bring the requisition in most cases, they're willing to do it. So it's it, if you don't have a lab core near you, a lot of times like a local lab or a hospital will be willing to do the blood draw as well.
1: Yeah, which is, I know that happens where I'm at in Ohio a lot just because it's like farm towns, like a lot mm-hmm. of places. So, yeah, like I don't know if my hospital specifically does it. We're a big, big company. So, but I know that there are other ones that are smaller that you can take them to and, and just be like, hey, like it's already purchased. I don't owe anything. Like, here's like the wreck. All you have to do is scan it or not and pull my blood. That's it. And they'll be more than happy to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. A lot of places are still yeah. definitely willing to do
0: it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Darren, thank you so much for your time. If someone is interested in ordering lab work or getting HRT through you guys, where, where can they find you and how can they become a, I don't want to say an athlete, but a patient.
2: Yeah. Uh, Synergisticlabs.net. That is our website. Uh, we're on Instagram as well under Synergistic Labs.
0: Awesome. Right on. Obviously, if you guys want to save uh, some money, you can use you know my new affiliate code, MyoStrength, all one word, Um, to support me and also support Darren and his wonderful company. But Darren, again, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate having you on. And until next time, guys,
2: peace. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Adios.